Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, my main man, Grayson Boone, is back. We're here to get the job done in terms of talking to you about NC State and Duke as far as the men's basketball goes. On the women's side, we saw a little bit of an upset. Hopefully, we can do a little bit of turnabout. It's fair play here and get ourselves a win on this men's side. Grayson's going to break down what it'll take to get there. And we'll talk our biggest gets and our biggest hits out of the portal on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. But speaking of getting the job done, I've got to talk to you all about LinkedIn Jobs. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. So folks, I hope y'all stick around. We got a great show loaded up for you. Anyway, we are going to talk all things Wolfpack sports today on Locked on Wolfpack. Our Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Grayson, how you doing, Big Tom? Ken, what's up? Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you as well, Wolfpack fans. Uh, Very happy to be here, back with everybody in 2023. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm getting ready for this Duke game tomorrow. Now, let me tell you, hopefully the team is too. Hopefully, I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer of the hay is in the bar. I'm not never a believer of that. Until that scoreboard, zero, 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 the hay is never in the bar. So hopefully they're still getting ready. Now, Grayson, I want you to break this game down for me because I know you got some good notes on this thing. I know you got some good information in terms of what you're seeing and what you're expecting. So let's start here. What do you think the chances are that the Wolfpack pull off the upset here and get this one done? I'm going to jump right to it. Uh, Wolfpack fans, this is your basketball Super Bowl for the season. This is the biggest home game we have on our schedule as it stands right now. Uh, if we want to get into ACC play, we're falling a little bit behind. The clock is ticking. It has to start tomorrow night at home against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Right now, Duke has opened as a three-point favorite. A little bit surprising. I thought it would be a little bit bigger um, with the team as, you know, Duke's potential. Uh, Mm. They have have just lost recently, I believe it was the Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest kind of manhandled them, if we're being honest. But uh, Duke's coming in. Uh, Raleigh has been a little bit of a house of horrors for this Duke basketball team over the past couple years. Uh, Cool stat I found is NC State is four uh, four out of our last six at home against Duke. Uh, We love to hear that, so hopefully we can pull out another win. Uh, So I'll get right to it. Here's what we got to do to beat the Duke Blue Devils. Fun stat for you. Guess what our record is when NC State scores 70-plus points this year? I want to say what, 5-0? and 11-2. 11-2. Now, it kind of goes without saying, yeah, you score a lot of points, your your probability of winning is going to go up. No kidding. But – we are 11-2 and two when we score at least 70 points this year. We are 0-2 when we don't. So that's pretty cut and dry if you ask me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another humongous key, we need to get Casey Morsell open shots. The man is shooting 55% from three. That is unbelievable. I don't know if anyone would have seen this coming. Uh, Casey is a strong player. He's shown glimpses of it this past couple of years. But, wow, what a step forward he's taken uh, this year. 
And let me just jump in right there for a second. When we got Casey Morsell, he was known for his defensive prowess. Obviously, coming out of that Virginia program, if you can't get in the stands, you're not going to play a lot. And he did play a good amount at Virginia, which, you know, that, that, that goes without saying. Again, he can get in the stands. He can defend at a high level. But when that shot is rolling, too, when his shot is rolling, that's when this Wolfpack team can really be dangerous because, I mean, the combination of, of him, Jarkel Joyner, and, and Tequavian Smith, that's a three-headed monster I don't think too many teams in the conference want to see. Proceed. Whatever off-season regime they had Casey Morsell on, I would like to know for myself, my own personal pickup game, uh, he's been lighting it up this year. Every time I, he, I see him with an open look, it's reached the point where you basically assume it's going in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like you just mentioned with Jarkel Joyner and Jaquavion tomorrow night, the keys, I think, is we really have to get Jarkel involved. I, in my opinion, he's gone kind of Casper these last couple of games. He, he, right. he'll, he'll be, you know, running around, distributing the ball, and then all of a sudden you don't really see him. For He's on the court, but you don't really see him for a couple of minutes. I need mm-hmm. him to be all over the place, whether it's defensively, uh, getting getting down the court in transition, finding the open man. And like I said, hopefully you're finding Casey Morsell in the corner where he likes it. But, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit of a, a cop-out to say, oh, you know, Traquavion Smith, he's got to have a great great game. Of course he does, but it can't just be him. Dukes, of course, they're going to they're gonna center in on Traquavion. So I need Jarkel Joyner and I need Casey Morsell to really show up tomorrow night. I mean, every team around the country, if you're playing NC State, you know the, the game plan there. That that's not secret. I don't think anybody is looking up like, oh, who's who's the guy for NC State? Who's the score? Who's the one that we need to take? It's obviously going to be Terquavian Smith. And you know what? I do agree that there have been many too many moments of Jarkel Joiner kind of you know just kind of fading into the background, kind of just oh, I'm just kind of running sprints out here. I'm just I'm I'm all right. You know, I'm not doing anything great, not doing anything terrible, and. The one thing that I would like to to make a key here is I want to see not just high volume scoring from our backcourt, but I'd like to see a little bit of efficiency. I mean, we know that they're going to jack up the lion's share of shots, right? Two, your two most talented scorers, it makes sense that they should, okay? It makes sense. I don't want Clark jacking up the majority of our shots. I don't want Burns taking 20 shots. That's That's not what I want. That's not what I want. But in, in that green light of, hey, Jarkel, you're the point, go, run this thing. Hey, Terquavian, you're one of the best players in the nation. Go, run this thing. I want to see a little bit more efficiency. I want to see us get into either get into some sets or defensively create so much chaos that in transition, you naturally get those open two-on-fours, three-on-ones, uh, you know, two-on-ones, all that to where somebody's going to be wide open somewhere. I'd like to see that some way, somehow, because, again, I have not seen from Keats the ability to draw up sets that are going to get these guys wide open. And like you just mentioned, chaos, that's going to be imperative that we cause chaos tomorrow night. Uh, I, I did find out today, um, I, straight off the GoPack website, we are the number two scoring offense in the ACC. Duke is the number two scoring defense. So we're going up a strong, we're going up against a stronger defense. That means we're going to have to provide some defense of our own, get in transition, get those easy buckets, because they're not they're not going to come that easy. Uh, so no, another something uh, we've been focusing on: we lead the ACC in turnover margin and steals. So that's gonna that's gonna be that's basically going to be your ball game, if not 
more or less a shooting. But um, we are also 10 and one when we tie or win the rebounding battle. Obviously, Duke has more, a lot more length, a lot more size inside. So that's going to turn up the heat a little bit on DJ Burns. Uh, he had a good tweet I saw out today. He's pleading with the people to come out, support this team. And why wouldn't you? It's the biggest home game we have this year. Uh, listen to the big man. Get out there if you can. Get loud. Absolutely. And I, I again, for the people who are out on Keats, I'm fine with that. I'm not mad at you. I think that Coach Keats is giving you more than enough reason to say, hey, I'm state basketball. I'm not going uh, I'm not going to be super emotionally invested and whatnot. He's giving you reason. I'm not mad at you for that. What I am mad at you for is throwing your hands in on this entire team because the reality is Keats is not the team in and of itself. He's not the team. DJ Burns tweeted that tweet. Dequavian Smith is going to be shooting those shots. It's going to be Clark going out there defending. And I'm going to tell you this much. He has struggled mightily offensively, but boy, hustle, effort, defense, boards. He does everything else. If we could just get that little part of putting the ball in the basket to join in with the rest. But uh, you give me four guys like him, We give me four guys like him, and we'll figure out the rest. That's that's basically what Rick Pitino did for years with the other stuff, too. But we're not going to talk about that part. We're only going to talk about the fact that for years, that's what Pitino did. He had a bunch of guys that were going to defend at a high level. They were going to hit the boards hard. They were going to run. And that, everything else, he said, hey, offensively, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll figure out something. And it generally worked out pretty well for him. So, you know, this this team, again, I'm not saying that this is a world beater we're going to be a one seed and and you need to be there because this is a championship team. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this team still deserves our support. Again, good, bad, or ugly. One of the things I love about NC State fans so much is my true freshman year, I tore my Achilles, and we were taking a walk of champions for the ECU game, and uh, fans had no reason to be there. None. That was a god-awful team. I want to say we went, what, four and eight that year? Three and nine, four and eight, something like that. And yet, the 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 sides for where we did the walk in, packed with fans. I mean, old, young, babies, folks who you know, I I doubt that they're still with us just based on their age at that time. It was such an experience. These players deserve that too, because that team that I was on, we didn't deserve it. If you're talking by record, by what we did, we got the brakes beat off us by ECU that game. So if you're talking about those things, we didn't deserve it. But y'all showed up because we were Wolfpack football players. I'm asking you all to do the same for this basketball team because they do deserve it. Do you have any keys left for us for this game, Grayson? Uh, Well, yeah, the crowd, I would consider that a key as well. You know, it goes without saying that Wolfpack Nation is an elite fan base when we stay in it. Uh, And if you're going to stay in it this season, tomorrow night's your chance. So it definitely, if you can, be there, be loud, be involved. Uh, it's only going to help the players feed off that uh, as the night goes on. So looking forward to it. Um, you know, Duke having their struggles in Raleigh, uh, it gives me some optimism. But I, I don't want to give a score prediction because this is a show-me game for Keats. Show me that you can get it done this year. Otherwise, we're going to have to step up, uh, somewhere else. You know, you said that the clock was heading towards midnight. I'm going to tell you this. This game is not one that if he loses, I think it it turns, you know, five minutes or – skips ahead and into some daylight savings and takes an hour away from you. But I will say this. This is one that could surely knock that clock back a little bit. This could surely, you know, cool that seat off. 
I'm not saying that he could go out there, win this game, and do nothing for the rest of the year and be all right. But this game would be a great way to start something special. This with game the, would be a great way to start. With the struggles as we've started in the ACC, if there's ever a game to get you rolling going into the second half of the season, here it is. This exactly. Is it. Especially heading into this gauntlet of, I believe it's Duke, then Virginia Tech, then the boys in baby blue. Uh, Miami. Oh, okay. My, even worse. Even worse. Why couldn't we get the boys in baby blue? That would be a much preferable. We'll see them. We'll see them. Don't you worry. Lord. Jesus, that's it. That Miami team is just filthy, man. And we played them great. We were up, what, 18, 16? I believe Ugh. it was 21, which is maybe worse. But Maybe worse. Maybe worse. And this is why Grayson is here, because he keeps me in line. He keeps me in check in terms of the basketball stats, because my, my brain is, is wired for putting the hand in the dirt, and there is no dirt on the basketball court. At least there shouldn't be. Anywho, um, folks, again, we've got to talk to you all today about the wonderful folks at LinkedIn Jobs because they're who are bringing you this episode today. LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go for you to find the candidates that you want to talk to who are qualified with just the skills that you want even faster in this year of 2023. Again, folks, I'm a technical recruiter. I am telling you that I can vouch for this product because I personally use it to fill many of the roles that I do. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified quality candidates to your opening jobs and their network is over 875 million members deep. I am telling you this helps you uh, because the, the pool is so big. There has to be somebody with just what you're looking for. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply okay now grayson uh, i i want to go over to our women's basketball team because we already talked about the duke loss we we talked about that and you know how disappointing that was but how it also was a situation where they get hot we're missing our one of our best players, if not our best player, in Diamond Johnson, our point guard in Diamond Johnson. And this is one of those moments for me where, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not judging Westmore, nor am I judging uh, Miss Bryant here either. I'm not saying that anybody was wrong or anybody did something that wasn't right by the other. But this is one of those moments, right, where you see Genesis Bryant win Big Ten uh, Player of the Week. And and she's up at Illinois and she's balling. I've been following her. She's been doing her thing. She's been doing amazing. And this is one of those moments where you say, gosh, we really could use her right now. This, this would be the moment where she really would be great on this team with Diamond out. Um, but even still, with what we've got, right, just talking about the players that we've got here, we still found a way to win on the road at a quality against a quality Syracuse team that, let's be honest, Syracuse at home has been brutal for ACC teams these past few years, even when they're not necessarily a great team. So I, I think that the resilience to pull that game out, despite back-to-back-to-back timeouts with three seconds left or so, uh, this team, it, they must be applauded because, again, I, I say this all the time, and, I've, again, as a Lions fan, I've seen the inverse of this. Bad teams find ways to lose games. Good teams find ways to win. 
Doesn't matter if it's by hook or by crook. Doesn't matter if you're blowing teams out by 40. Doesn't matter if you're striping for deep. Doesn't matter if your defense is stifling. To end the game by only allowing, what was it, five points in that fourth quarter? Uh, 15 to six in the fourth quarter. 15 to six. Aston- that is the type of stuff that shows when this team wants to and has the, the, the defensive intensity, the defensive side of this team, I believe, is, is led by um, a combination of River Baldwin and Sanaya Rivers, the, the, the Rivers crew. They just – they make it very tough on teams. Sanaya on the perimeter, she is long. She has excellent lateral mobility and great timing to disrupt teams trying to make entry passes, to get in players' faces when they're um, trying to hit shots. And for all that Caitlin Clark did, if you actually watched that Iowa game, if you watched it with your two eyes and not just the stat sheet, you saw how tough she made it on it all night. And that's what she does to everybody. And on the inside, River Baldwin's our biggest player, our player with the most length on the inside, the player who makes it, again, most difficult to get shots up on the inside. So those two truly make things happen. And, of course, there are other players like Madison Hayes who also excels on the defensive side of the ball and all that. And and so this team, again, they just find ways to win, and they're figuring their way out in real time. But – I've got nothing but love for them and, and nothing but excitement for them in seeing a comeback like the one that they had at Syracuse. You took the words out of my mouth. Good teams find a way to win. Uh, and that is exactly what they came away with uh, up in Syracuse. If I told you that NC State was going to shoot 33%, 19% from three, and have 19 turnovers, more often than not, they probably don't come out with a win there. Um, that was an extremely gritty win. Uh, you know, and you you come to expect that from a Westmore coach team, but just another display of the determination and heart uh, that his that his style of play will demand. Um, but like I mentioned, uh, the second half didn't start great. You know, they were outscored twenty three to six in the third quarter. Would have been mm-hmm. very easy for them to be like, "Well, I guess it's not our night again." Here we go. But uh, for them to turn that around and outscore Syracuse fifteen to six in the fourth quarter, uh, outstanding. Uh, I believe they went on a thirteen zero run to begin the fourth quarter, which is an immediate momentum shift. Um, so credit to Westmore, credit to those ladies uh, fighting back for that win. That's a big win. That's a win that will, you know, go a long way, uh, not just in the immediate, but a great win altogether. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you this. I say this all the time. The ACC is, especially for women's basketball, a little bit of a gauntlet. And Boston College is not a good team. However, they just got beat so bad by uh, Notre Dame, that Notre Dame went into the halftime with a 49-16 to 16 lead, okay? Now, here's the very interesting part about that. At the end of the game, Boston College only had 48 points. So, if you're talking about a team that's going to come out angry, that's going to come out with their hair on fire, that's going to come out with something to prove, it's them. Because even if you're not saying, we're one of the best teams in the conference and we can, even if you don't believe that, at bare minimum, you're going to say to yourself, now, wait a minute. We're still an 11-5 and five team. We still were entering that game on a, a four- or five-game win streak. We still are a team that should be taken seriously, and that game wasn't reflective of who we are. And so, again, Boston College gave us fits last year. They took us to overtime in uh, one of our matchups with them last year. I'm seeing I, – I would not be super surprised if this game is, is close as well. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, uh, they are, they've come to be a quite 
big time team, not just in the ACC, but for women's basketball as a whole. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they are no slouch. Um, you know, Boston college, uh, that's Boston college, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, any night in the ACC men's women's, you're going to have to come to play. That's it is what it is. ACC is a premier premier basketball conference. Uh, you're going to have to bring it night in night out or else, you know, you will get stunned out of nowhere. It happens to everybody. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now folks, We'll be right back with our last segment of the day, which is our biggest hits and our biggest gets out of the transfer portal. But before we do, I've got to talk to you all about Bet Online. Folks, Bet Online is your place to be if you're a better and you're into finding the best source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the national championship to basketball to whatever sport there is that you love. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Grayson, we've lost some guys. We've got some guys. The transfer portal, give it, and the transfer portal, take it away, right? We already talked about how tough it was or how tough it has been to see Genesis Bryant doing what she's doing over at the uh, the University of Illinois. Now, talk to me about we're, – we're going to go down the list of some of these guys who are um, who, who have transferred in and some of the guys who transferred out. And just talk to me about who you think the biggest get out of the portal is and who – the biggest hit that we're losing is obviously besides Devin Leary, because I think it, it goes without saying there. Uh, but anywho, we have transferring in Dakari Collins, wide receiver of Clemson, Noah Potter, a defensive lineman from Cincinnati, originally started his career at Ohio State. By the way, please don't be one of those people to think, uh, he's on his third team. His head coach left. What do you want from the guy? Anyway, Dawson uh, Jeramio. I don't, I hope I'm not pronouncing Jeramio wrong. Um, if you don't know how to pronounce his name, just call him Big Mullet. I'm sure he'll love that. I'm joking. He does have a mullet, though. He really if you does. have not seen this mullet, type in this man's name and look at this mullet. The, we the said last... it on air. He is a real sicko for this mullet. That's all and, I'm going to say. And I'm going to tell you this. In his bio on Twitter, it says it's a lifestyle, not a hairstyle. So just live with that for a second. He's got that mullet action, I tell you. Exactly, exactly. We've got Braden Narvison, the place kicker from Western Kentucky, the 2020 semifinalist for the Lou Grosso Award. Tarante Hinn of, um, of Hutch, Hutchinson Community College and Jakevius Hibbler of Northwest, Northwest Mississippi Community College. And lastly, Robert Kennedy of Old Dominion transferring in and transferring out, of course, Devin Leary, Josh Harris, Devin Carter, Jalen Frazier, uh, Josiah Pavilion, Claude Larkins, and Zoe Wallace. And of course, coming back, we have Peyton Wilson, Shaheen Battle, and Trent Pennings. Now, tell me, who are your guys in terms of transfer portal? Biggest gets, biggest hits. And again, this is excluding Devin Leary for obvious reasons. Since it's been announced, I have been pretty excited to see what Dakari Collins can get in and hear and do. Uh, from what how I understand it, he seems to be Devin Carter, uh, but a little more athletically gifted. By that, I mean taller and faster. Um, he Coming from Clemson, obviously, 
they don't just let anybody onto the Clemson football team. You got to be, you got to have that. You got to, you got to be about that action. So uh, I'm hoping he's, he's bringing some Louis bags with him. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see what he can do in a Robert and I offense. Uh, he's probably my biggest get. Uh, biggest loss. I think I'm going to go with Josh Harris. Um, mm. That one was one that kind of stunned some people. It seemed like next year was going to be Josh Harris's year. Um, and instead he's like, I think I'll take my talents to old miss. Um, so, I mean, good luck to Josh. Uh, but I think, uh, he might be sorely missed next year. You know, it, it hurts me. It, it really does hurt me to see you go with Josh Harris there. Cause that was going to be my pick for biggest mm-hmm. hit. Cause I'm a trenches guy. I'm a defensive tackle myself. That's, you know, and Josh Harris was a, one of those guys that I'm like, oh man, we go from Darden to that. Oh man, we're, we're in good money here. We're rolling in deep. And then all of a sudden, vanishes poof lola's gone and that's what that is but that's you know that's always going to be one of those moments where especially in the 335 having him in the middle oh what a what a time that would have been but anyway my biggest get i think is Braden narvison i I don't think it's uh i don't think it's a, a situation where i have to ask any questions or doubt that for this reason how many games have we seen a college kicker moment cost us the game not even around the country just in nc state history just in NC State recent history. I hate to do this to a fellow Michigander. My main man, Kyle Bambard, had some struggles and some big moments. And that ended up ultimately costing us some massive games. Having a kicker that is reliable, you don't replace a, a, a Chris Dunn one for one, right? Like all the accolades that he had, I would argue he's the most accomplished kicker in NCAA history. And with that being said, you don't really replace that guy one for one. But what you do is you get somebody else who's reliable and you say, hey, I feel good about this guy. I feel like when they come into the game, I'm not as secure as I was on Chris Dunn's leg, but I still feel good about it. I still feel all right about it. And so that's my biggest hit. I mean, my biggest get. My biggest hit, I hate to say this, it's Devin Carter. Devin Carter. And for this reason, at the end of the day, when you look at, what this team is bringing back. Daryl Jones is coming back, correct? He's out of there. He was a one-year old. Oh, he, okay. He didn't have didn't have any eligibility left. Okay, so that just furthers my point here. The reality is Porter Ricks is probably going to be your guy in the slot or was, was going to be your guy in the slot if that could be the case. And you were going to have on one side, Devin Carter. On the other side, Dakari Collins with Porter Rooks in the slot, with Julian Gray in the slot. With Trent Penix at tight end. With Trent Penix at the H-back position. Man, what? With Christopher touchdown Tootle at the tight end H-back position. You were going to see a group of pass catchers that I think had the potential to do some scary stuff. Had the potential to do some things that were going to have teams like, where do you go? You got two guys that are running you know, about four, four, five, maybe low four, four, low four fives that are six foot three or taller on the outside. You've got a guy who had offers from everywhere and, and shows us that ability by always being open up the seam in Porter Rooks. You've got a guy who everybody rants and raves about and, and everybody, I'm going to tell you this, and I don't want to say like what it was or what the reason it was or whatever, there was concern about whether or not we would keep Julian Gray. And 
when everybody found out like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be good. He's going to be with us going forward. I have never heard folks so excited about a thing not becoming a story as they were right there. And I'm telling you, it's for good reason. He is wildly explosive. You have the weapons, you have the parts. You have, and of course, even if we're talking about catching out of the backfield, Jordan Houston, Michael Allen, who's looked good at it. Demarcus Jones, who's looked good at it. You are looking at a situation where whoever our quarterback is going to be, which I'm guessing would be MJ Morris, is going not going to have to be Superman. He, he wasn't going to have to be. Whoever our quarterback is, with that lineup in that group, and I still don't think that they'll have to be, but I'm going to tell you, I was a big Devin Carter believer. I was a big Devin Carter guy. And every year, at the beginning of the year, when people say, Who's the guy to watch out for in the Wolfpack that not enough people that you think not enough people are talking about? Every year I would say Devin Carter because he had he has the stuff that GM scouts all that salivate over. He has it. Big body, high point ball, good at breaking tackles, feet. What more? And and granted, yes, there is the inability to create separation. Yes, there is the concentration drops and all that. But those are things that can be coached away. If a guy can high point the ball and make the spectacular catch, I promise you he can find a way to make the, the basic ones. I promise you he can. It's just basic anatomy, folks. I, I That's the reality there. So that's my biggest hit um, in terms of, of the transfer portal. And so, you know, that's I, – I think that this team will be just fine. And I'm going to tell you this. I know that I was one of those people who said that Brendan Armstrong was a potential – a huge get out of the portal for us. And we've all heard the name floating around, but I'm going to tell you this, all the sources that I've talked to, the longer this thing lingers on, the less likely it is we get them. So just letting you know there. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I've heard, I've heard that he was leaning hard towards NC state in the beginning. And now he's kind of leaning out, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's just what my sources are telling me. Um, I'm not saying that NC state has no chance of Brendan Armstrong, but, I'm saying that it, it wanes as the day goes along, at least as I was heard. You heard anything real, different, Grayson? Well, real quick, what's your take on Brent Armstrong? Yes or no, in your opinion? I, I mean, I would say yes, just because who's our backup for MJ? Like, we saw this year, you need a backup. And either way, even if you're not talking backup, even if you say he's the starter, he's played under an A before, he had his best years under an A, and this is, a, again, another proven guy. If we have a situation where he comes in, runs the offense for year one, and then MJ red shirts, gets healthy, goes through full offseason, getting stronger, getting smarter, getting faster, understand the game better. I'm not going to be mad at that. I'd never be mad at that. You know what I mean? Like, if, if MJ doesn't hop in. think we might have lost Kenton there. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Um, but I'll give you my quick take on Brennan Armstrong here. Uh, it's been kind of interesting to follow the development of that story as it's come through. There you are. Can you hear me? Oh, 
That was that was. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, I was I was telling the folks that what I think about Brennan Armstrong here. Uh, it's been interesting to follow. It's, that's been kind of come through. Uh, you know, it's been hearing or it's been sounding like, oh yeah, he's definitely coming with Robert and I. Then all of a sudden, he's looking at uh, Wisconsin. He's looking at Oklahoma State. People don't know. People don't know. Then all of a sudden, oh, I bet he does come to NC State. Uh, I just saw the other day Pete Thamel with ESPN said, you know, don't be surprised if he's coming to NC State. Uh, I think it just dropped today that he's actually going to be here on his official visit tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I guess we'll see how that goes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I don't know what part I cut out at, but I, I just hope that we we realize here that this is a guy – I. I don't think, excuse me, I don't think that there's any negative to him coming, right? Like, I think that this could be a situation where MJ sits a year behind him potentially, or they compete and push each other in terms of what it looks like for um, who's going to be the starter. And either way, competition is never a bad thing, right? If he comes in, starts this year, does great, does wonderful, whatever the case may be, gives MJ a year to get bigger, get stronger, get faster, understand the playbook better, see uh, defenses better and all that good stuff, plays the first four games or whatever the case may be. And hopefully we have the exact opposite in terms of quarterback health versus what we had this year. I think you're you're looking at a winning situation there. So uh, thank you, Wolfpack Nation, and thank you, Grayson, for bearing with me through a little bit of technical difficulties there. Um, but we will be back. Grayson will be back. I'll be back. Locked on Wolfpack will be back. We'll be talking about more Wolfpack sports whenever you want to hear it because that's what we do. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 